Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When Akatosh slew Lorcan, he ripped his heart right out. He hurled it across Tamriel, and the heart was heard to shout. Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the The laughing heart sprayed blood afar, a gout on Sirid fell, and like a dart shot to its mark down in an alien well. Magic effused the Lorcan blood to crystal red and strong, then wild elves cut and polished it down to chimel at a ball. Red diamond. Red diamond, the heart and soul of men. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end. When elves lost Nern to men, Akatosh gave the stone to Saint Alesh in token of her right to sit the throne. Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the Welcome and well met. Come warm yourself by the fire and let us regale you with mighty tales, tales of adventure, tales of heroism, tales of Tamriel. I am your host, Ajelis, and this is a special solo episode again this week. Um, The reason for this is the fact that uh, I almost forgot that it was my wedding anniversary this week. So... I sent Nate a message going, hey, <laughs> I I can't record Saturday like I thought because it is my anniversary. Uh, not that I forgot my anniversary. It's more like I just forgot it was on this day. So Nate was unable to join us. And of course, Arkaneer is still busy. But I wanted to put out a show because I made a promise. I was going to talk some lore. All right, so that is actually what I'm going to do um, after I cover a little bit of news and, and a little bit of gameplay and stuff of that nature. 
Um, if you've been listening to the intro this week, it's also a special intro. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's Red Diamond. Um, one of our awesome community members, uh, Andrew Barnhart himself, he went ahead and created a cover of Red Diamond, and I personally think it's fantastic. I love it. So <laughs> uh, when he shared it with me, I was pretty much like, dude, you gotta let me use that for Tales. So uh, he was generous enough to allow us to use that. Um, so I'll also have it at the end of of the show as well, just because <laughs> it's just really, really good. Okay. Like insanely good. Uh, so, um, I'm not going to give out his in-game name yet because I don't know if he wants me to, but, uh, if he lets me at some point, um, you know, maybe even just leave a comment on, uh, like maybe the YouTube version of this or something saying how much you liked it. Maybe we can convince him to do more. That's the plan anyway. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's go ahead and just jump right in into my Elder Scrolls Online gameplay because it's just me this week, um, and of course, it, it, it's been a crazy week as it always has been. But I did get to do a little bit within ESO, which was a lot of fun. Uh, I got to run Mall of Lorcage with the guild again for one of the first times in a long time. It's been a while since I've been able to actually sit down with the guild and do something. Um, as a group. So we ran Mall of Lorcage. That's uh, Kilted Piper's events on Friday night. So if you're interested to join our guild, just send uh, me a message in game um, at Agelos, A-G-G-E-L-O-S, and we can get you in there. So we run events uh, on Tuesday with Kilted with uh, pledges and Fridays with trials. And I do plan on uh, bringing back Imperial City Night on Thursdays just until I can get my real life under control it's really hard to get in there and actually run these events but it's definitely going to be a thing morrowind is coming out so that's also going to be a thing so i expect to see a lot of a lot of stuff surrounding morrowind here in the future um, but yeah we ran marvelicage with a couple new people and it was just a hoot from start to finish it was it was fantastic um there was a lot of phallic jokes made um, it, it felt like we'd all been drinking nonstop and it was just a blast. Got a couple new community members and one of them being a new Patreon supporter. That's uh Neo Yoshi. So thank you so much for that. And he wanted to give a shout out to his guild, um, that he's a part of, including ours. He's part of ours too, but, uh, he's part of the, and I, and I said, I was going to butcher this name, but it's very, <laughs> I don't think I've ever in the history of trying to pronounce this has actually gotten the name correct. And I told him this ahead of time. So I'm more than happy to give the shout out, but <laughs> oh, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to say it right. I, um, it, it's it's like uh, Gosh, Goshkia, I think that's what it is. Goshkia, they're a uh, gaming and athletic um uh, community um and they've been around since dark age of camelot like as well they might even be before that but that's the first time i remember seeing them playing on hibernia uh they were a big potent force there i think that's where they started in uh, doac um but uh, so i've i've seen them around i played with a lot of their members so give a good shout out to them they're an amazing group of people you should definitely check them out um i will have a link to this in the description because in case, you know, you can't figure out how to spell the name for my terrible pronunciation, there will be a link. So thank you so much, uh, Niyoshi, for um, supporting us over at patreon.com slash Dungeon Crawler Network. And, of course, Gashkia for their, 
well, just being awesome parts of the community. Um, so yeah, that was pretty cool because then he, you know, having him join in, he actually did a couple uh, sketches because he's a very talented artist as well. Um, <laughs> about the events of that night, and that was pretty pretty neat. So if you're interested, check our Discord out, DungeonCrawlNetwork.com. Uh, there's a link right on the front page to join our Discord. Check it out. I think I have them both as pinned messages. So check out his artwork there. Um, I've also been running a lot of Thieves Guild stuff. Uh, most of it hasn't been even advancing the storyline. It's been going back and forth trying to do all the dailies as much as I can to raise my rep so that I can continue accessing the quest. I mean, obviously a lot of them are barred from that. So I've been working on finishing that. Um, as well as doing the um, the Morrowind pre the intro quest for Morrowind because why wouldn't I do the intro quest for Morrowind? <laughs> um, I've been playing a lot of the Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind, like the the single player game as well. So I'm actually gonna bring that in here because I actually had some fun. Um, I was running around outside of. Oh, why am I drawing a blank on the name of the town? It it was pretty much right at the beginning of the game. I'm running around doing some quests for the blades, doing my stuff, running out. And it was, I was looking at the Kwama Dens, trying to get to the Kwama Dens. And um, I'm doing all my stuff in there, going through, trying to find these bandits at the Kwama Dens. And I actually, I, I increased the difficulty. I really don't know why I increased the difficulty, but I did. Um, not that Morrowind you ever needed more difficulty because it's just crazy as it is. But I, I, I slid that slider up. I'm just a masochist that way and started playing around with Morrowind. Um, and while I was in there, of course, because of lower regeneration of stats, I'm like, well, I need to sleep. Okay, so I laid down, I went to sleep. And, of course, I got interrupted because I have the collector's edition of it. It includes Tribunal and all that. So, of course, the Dark Brotherhood were there, and they just wrecked my face. Like, it, it, was, it, was, it was terrible. Like, I just I got destroyed in this quamline. I'm running away from this guy stabbing me in the face or the backside at that point because I just couldn't take him. And I'm trying to get out. And uh, I died like 12 times. And finally, I was able to um, cast a a snare spell. It looked like a freezing spell that somehow or another hit. I think it was because I had a scroll. Like I bought a scroll of freezing and it snared him. And uh, that allowed me to escape. It didn't kill him, but it allowed me to escape because it slowed him down enough that I could run away. And I made it outside only to forget that I had vampirism. (laughs) <laughs> and died in the sunlight. Uh, so, yeah. I Worst part is is I had all my saves, and I don't know how I can get through this because I can't run outside because it's daytime, apparently. And I, I probably have to turn back around and go into a, either a deeper part of the mine or something to try to escape him, but there's a good chance he'll follow me if I stay inside the mine and don't zone out. So we'll have to see. I'm just going to have to keep trying. Uh, but that's pretty much been my elder scrolls time this week. Um, not a lot plan on hopping back in, especially with Morrowind starting, which we'll get to here in the news. All right. So first up in the news, uh, the Morrowind prolag quest was added back on, uh, 
what, 12 days ago or something like that since we've had an episode. Patch uh, 2.7.13 was an incremental patch that fixed a few few issues with Bold Escape not functioning properly and an issue originating from Unicode Windows login name. So there were some issues there. In addition to those two hotfixes, they kicked off the ESO Morrowind storyline right now by embarking on a new prologue quest, The Missing Prophecy. This quest can be picked up from any inn and will send you on a mission to track and defeat bandits and Daedra and in the process uncover a terrifying prophecy that leads directly to the events of ESO Morrowind. Upon completion of the quest, you will receive the Twilight Shard Memento that places a dazzling tribute to Azura. So, um, yeah, that was a definitely a fun quest. Definitely wanted to check that out. If you have not yet, you should probably do it. I don't know if it's going to go away. I highly doubt it'll go away. I think it's probably the starter. They're just letting us do it ahead of time. Um, because if you think about it, like I was thinking about this one, they said that you can do either the main storyline as a brand new character or you can do the Morrowind. They're separate, um, but you're still, you know, going either through Cold Harbor or you're going through uh, Morrowind stuff. And I was thinking to myself, how are they going to do that um, unless, like, when you get out of Cold Harbor, like, it no longer kicks you to the start of, um, like, the the starter uh, islands anymore. You start in Davin's Watch, our vocal guard, our... Um, uh, Daggerfall, those are where you start. And I was thinking, I'm like, well, technically speaking, the prophet's there. Like, as soon as you walk out of the building, essentially, that you're in, the prophet kind of shows up and says, hey, meet me over at, you know, the, that one cave that's in every area. And that's how you start the the uh, Cold Harbor quest line. Um, but if you go into any inn, you also get another quest line for the missing prophecy. That's what I'm thinking is going to stick around, but I, I can't confirm that speculation on my part. I'm really hoping it sticks around and it's not just some sort of uh, fluff uh, quest that's only here for like an introduction to Morrowind, but we'll have to wait and we'll see. Um, the following week, patch 2.7.14 came out, which was another incremental patch that fixed issues that were introduced after the other week's patch. Alicio Gillian, who grants the quest The Missing Prophecy, well, he found his pants, grown some of his hair and eyebrows, and that was more talkative. Because apparently he was naked 90% of the time. I didn't have that issue, um, but apparently a lot of people did because he was butt naked, but I always saw him with clothes, so I don't I don't know why that would be because apparently it was a big deal, but I always, you know, I kind of saw him with clothes, so... Maybe maybe they hotfixed it in earlier than this patch, and I must have missed it. I don't remember, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, of course, the size of the patch was 104 megs, and Gina shared us with a, a quote from Rich Lambert himself saying that 104 megabits uh, patch for pants, mm, that's why I don't wear them. There you go. Now we know. All right, so moving on, we're going to go ahead and look at the next portion of the ESO Marwin building up the past. Now, this was a little news article, not even a news article. It's a development piece that was specifically for, um, I guess, a little bit of fluff. I don't want to say fluff. It's it's a lore piece for showing up the building of Marwind, right? So... They're going through the creation of Vardenfell for the Elder Scrolls Online Marwyn and what the development team had to do and draw from from the original 
Elder Scrolls three, um, which it, you know was fantastic. So it's a fun article to read. Definitely check it out. They're showing the Vardenfell new and old, where it looked like before versus what it did. You know, like what it looked like before versus where it's going to look like in ESO, as well as um, giving us some ideas about using the original hype map and trying to expand it out to be usable in the MMO. So definitely check that out. That's on the official Elder Scrolls Online website. You can see it there. Finally, uh, the PTS Morrowind Access Patch uh, 3.0.14 for the 15th of May is actually being applied. Now here's where the fun part comes in. This is actually going to allow anyone who had a digital upgrade, like a pre-order upgrade, or the physical collector's edition, and you have you know some proof that you have it, such as like the order slip or whatever, to gain access to uh, Morrowind a full two weeks. In that fact, by the time you're listening to this, I believe it's going to be the 22nd. So yeah, by the time this goes live, you'll be listening to this and probably downloading the patch that will allow you to play Morrowind. So we're going to get access to it here on the 22nd of May and it doesn't launch until the 6th of June. So we've got, it's pretty amazing to be honest. That That's a very long early access point. Um, but you know, still that's something you can uh, definitely check out. We'll be able to, um, let's see here. What I want to read the official thing from Gene. It says, Hey guys, just wanted to give you a heads up. Next week will be our last patch to the PTS before we kick off early access event on the PC. In order for us to begin testing out on a proper permissions level, only players who pre-purchase the Morrowind digital upgrade will have access to Morrowind content on the PTS next week. All PC players will be able to continue testing the base game and any of the old DLC content, including upcoming balance changes that we'll be implementing on Monday. Uh, that's based on a lot of your feedback. Additionally, if you've already had a warden created, you'll still be able to access that character and play anywhere except for Varnfeld Battlegrounds or the Halls of Fabrication. So that was on May 12th. So this week, you had to have some sort of proof to even go on the PTS. But I'm hoping I'll get to see a bunch of you guys in Morrowind, and we'll go from there. All right, so... The last little thing I really wanted to talk about for this very short show of Tales of Tamriel is I had a few requests for lore. And that's something that I really wanted people to, um, if you're interested in lore, I love doing lore segments. People keep asking me, are you, when are you going to bring back lore segments? When are you going to do lore segments? All you got to do is head over to DungeonCrawlerNetwork.com. On the top of the page, there's a contact us button you click that a form will open up you select tales of tamriel and you ask me a lore question or a lore topic you just want to hear me talk about and i will gladly do so all right like that is something i will be more than happy to do it's just a matter of when people are asking me do you want to do these lore uh segments i am more than happy and on several occasions i've broken into lore rants which happen to be incredibly popular uh whenever someone brings something up i'm more than happy to do that but it's kind of like if you request the lore i will give you the lore so if you had any questions about lore that you really want to have you know answered or if you just want to hear me you know rant on about lore for a while just 
Go there, send me a message, and I will rant about lore for however long it is that I will rant about lore. Um, a few people have actually already done so. Uh, unfortunately, someone sent me a message via ESO, and I get so many mails a day that it accidentally got deleted. I do not encourage people to send me a lore topic via my in-game mail because I will likely not get it. Or if I do, it'll get shuffled around and lost. Please use the contact form on the website if you want to send me a message. Um, but a few people have done so. Uh, one of the lore questions that was asked was from, uh, let's see here, I had to pull it up here on my list. Uh, there he is. Uh, David, David Reddick, he sent me a lore question saying, um, I'm trying to write out um, my tale, you know, my Tales of Tamriel, right? Like his story in a lore, uh, from a role player perspective, but he found a snag. I don't know uh, the lifespan for the Bosmer race. And he asked if I happen to know. Um, this was actually kind of interesting because a while ago, um, and I'll get to the exact answer. It's like two to 300 years is the max life. But I know some people very early on were asking about um, when ESO was first coming out, lore questions about the, the age of the myrrh. How long do they live? Um, obviously they're no longer immortal, hence why they hate Lorcan so much. Um, and they've, you know, they are now mortal beings, but they do live longer than the races of men. And this, from what I believe goes for all, uh, elven races or the myrrh races is that they, they go from, they live two to three times longer than humans. And an average human lifespan is about a hundred years. Uh, give or take. I mean, obviously, in in earlier times, it may not be as much, right? Um, so even if it's 60 or something like that, you're still living two to three times longer. They were pretty much saying that a 200-year-old Bosmer is old, like old. A 300-year-old Bosmer is pretty much ancient and is very rare to find. You know, the equivalent of, like, the oldest uh, man or woman on, on planet Earth, which is, I forget, like, 112 or 114. They're, they're ancient. It just doesn't happen, right? It doesn't happen that often. If there was an elf, in, um, and I, I guess at this point, I should also mention that um, there have been documented cases of elves living longer, but they had came out and said that, if any elf lives longer than 300, there is some unnatural means that they've achieved this life, either through powerful arcane magic or, in the case of Yagram, uh, Yagram Bagram, the last living Dwemer, um, it, it was actually a case of corpus disease. And corpus disease is essentially you die and you're a zombie, like you're undeath. And that's what's preventing him from dying. Like his body's rotting away. But he's not dead. And he has obviously lived a very long time, thousands of years, but it's in this weird perpetual undeath state. So any elf that is older than 300 years, there's some unnatural way that they've achieved this life expectancy. They don't get that way. It's not uh, like Tolkien-esque elves that were essentially immortal. Like, as long as they didn't die of wound or, you know, just gave up on life, they would live on forever. That is not the case of uh, the Elder Scrolls. In the Elder Scrolls, elves do not live forever. They just live a long time. Um, 
Mer- or they, they did say that some of the other races, the, uh, the, the beast folk, have lifespans similar to those of the humans. So give or take a couple years. So all your Khajiit and your Argonians out there have a similar lifespan to the uh, races of men in Tamriel. So thank you, David, for your uh, lore question. I hope that helps you with your um, with your uh, lore background. So there you go. Um, obviously, a lot of my research that I do is from the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages, um, as well as just the extensive reading that I've done over the years in-game, and, of course, reading lore forms and whatnot. So uh, a lot of stuff, if you've ever been interested and just want to go for a look on lore, head over to the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages and just kind of, like, do a rant. They have a random page section. Do a random page and just see what kind of lore you get. Uh, sometimes you'll get more mechanical stuff, but sometimes you'll get lore, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, now, last week I also said that I was going to talk about the Tribunal in honor of Morrowind, right? So, I'm going to go ahead and try to give you like a 10,000-foot overview of the Tribunal for those who do not know who they are, all right? So, the Tribunal are the gods of Morrowind, at least during the times of, um, well... You know, the tribunal, let me rephrase this. All right, so the tribunal, they call themselves the Amsivi, all right, which is actually just a mashup of the names of the three members of the tribunal, which are Amalexia, Mother Morrowind, Sothasil the wizard, and Vivek the warrior poet, all right? So these three people, Amalexia, Sothasil, and Vivek, are worshipped by the Dunmer, with the exception of the Ashlanders. Um, the Ashlanders, and by extension the dissident priest, do not believe that they are gods. Or, they, I should say, the dissident priests also believe that how they acquired their powers was less than um, kosher. Okay, um, they they spout that they are living gods that rule the um, that have been ruling the Dunmer. Dunmer um, since a few years after the Battle of Red Mountain, which was around the first era 700, up until the cataclysms of the Neverine, or Nerevarine prophecies around third era 427. Now, the Nerevarine prophecies and that date, 427 in the third era, is the setting of the Elder Scrolls III Morrowind, right? So that's that's those things. You Your hero is the Nerevarine, which... I can talk about briefly later because I don't really want to go too much. Uh, now, this is followed up by the Red Year in the fourth era, fifth year of the fourth era, um, where, as I said before, uh, Vivek vanishes. He's gone. Bye bye. See you later. And this causes Bardow, or the Ministry of Truth, to come crashing into Vivek City, and it pretty much just destroys everything. The Red Mountain explodes, Vivek City is destroyed, and that, you know, pretty much made the Dunmer go, okay, the Tribunal are not gods, and they went back to pure Daedra worship and ancestor worship. And the Tribunal to them are now saints instead of gods themselves. And they are just, they've achieved sainthood in the fourth era rather than being divine. So, here's the fun part when you talk about the Tribunal. Each one of the tribunal are different aspects of Morrowind. And the reason why, when they came forward, 
they pretty much said that the three good Daedra that guided the Dunmeri people, which are, um, oh, Azura, Minfala, and I'm trying to remember the last one. I'm not sure why I cannot, and that's that's really bad for this. Um, Minfala, Azura, and oh, it's going to kill me. Sorry, sorry. I should have, I'm trying to do a lot of this from memory, so I apologize for that. Boethia, there we go. Boethia. Um, those done are Daedra. Essentially, according to the tribunal, um, they became what were known as the anticipations of. So they pretty much took over the roles of those Daedra in in uh, the religion of the Dunmer. After the Battle of Red Mountain, they're like, "Okay, these guys were here; they're great, but now we are essentially them. We've uh, we have taken on their mantle. We are these people." And Amalexia, uh, I believe, was Azura. Sothasil was um, Minfala, and Vivek was Boethia, if I remember correctly. Um, I may be wrong on that on that case, and that's that's pretty sad. So. Um, if I was, so I apologize for that. I actually might have to look that up before I finish this just to make sure. So, um, of these, Amalexia, known as the lover, the warden, I am in Amsavi, um, she is ruling from Mournhold and she was also the, the wife of another person called Lord Indoril Nerovar. So he was the first counselor of Resdane, which is now Morrowind. So the issue here is that Amalexia being Nerever's wife, who you notice the, uh, the connection with Nerever and Nerevarine, right? Um, well, Nerever dies. All right. So according to the tribunal, he died in battle at the battle of Red Mountain. Okay. Now, he died and the tribunal said he died in battle against the Dwemer before that. However, the dissident priests believe that it was actually um, Amalexia Sothisil and Vivek who killed him because he was the one who stood up after, after the Dwemer disappeared. They journeyed into um, Red Mountain with uh, Dagathur and found the tools of Kagnarak that, you know, uh, that were used upon the heart of Lorcan. And um, he, they wanted to use the heart of Lorcan to become gods, to use this piece of an old god to become new gods. And Inderel was like, nah, this is wrong. You know, we're not going to do this. And he goes back and he consults with his friend, Dagathur, which... You know, that name may sound interesting to you at some point, but uh, he consults and he's like, no, we shouldn't use this and I'll stay and I'll guard. All right. So he goes back and tells the the three that they are not going to use it. And according to the distant priest, they kill him. This ticks off Azura, of course, and they have a curse on the Dunmary people and become kind of ash and gray that's why we see the dunmare as gray versus when you do serve several quests inside of um the first zone where davin's watch is stone falls there's a quest 
um, called the Brothers of Strife that shows the Chimere, which were um, uh, the, I guess, before they became Dunmer. So they actually had kind of a golden-ish skin, which was similar to pretty much all the elves at the time. But, uh, excuse me, they were cursed given their red eyes. And if you ask the dissonant priest, it's because the tribunal wanting to have the power of Lorcan killed Indorel Nerevar. But according to them, it, it, you know, I forget what they said more or less that they were cursed um, for turning their back on the Daedra. And that's why, like, if you look at Amalexia, she actually, using her power, kind of reversed the curse on herself. Uh, Sothasil is a mess because he's, like, part machine. And uh, Vivek actually has the duality of half and half. I, why? Because he's the warrior poet, and he's also hermaphrodite. He kind of he engages that whole both male and female part, the duality, the opposites. He he That is... Vivek, and I do love Vivek. He's such an interesting character. But, uh, yeah, it, it's pretty interesting because um, a little bit of, of spoilers, I I guess. Um, originally, the counselors to Nerevar, the tribunal came to power among the Dunmer following Amalexia's husband's death, the Battle of Red Mountain. We know that from before. Now, before his death, they swore oaths to Nerevar upon Azura, that they would never use the tools of Kagnarak on the heart of Lorcan in order to steal its divine essence for themselves. Well, they did. And now they're, you know, they became the living gods, the tribunal, as they call themselves, the Amsevi, and that led the to the transformation of the Chimer to the Dunmer. And the tribunal became, the, you know, what they are now. So, obviously, the truth had been covered up I mean, it, this is kind of spoilers, and at the time of ESO, we don't really know all this. This comes out during the the story of um, Morrowind and its and its uh, tribunal expansion. Um, but according to, I guess it, it's a book called the Hieroglypha. It, it's an Orthodox public teaching in the tribunal temple. Their divinity was more spontaneous result of their supernatural, divine discipline, wisdom, and insight rather than using the tools of Kagnarak. So that's pretty much what they told everybody. Um, but the power of Amalexia and the other tribunals, it started to decline during their struggle with Dagath Ur during the Third Era. Now, if you remember, Dagath Ur was that that fifth member of the group who remained inside Red Mountain after the Battle of Red Mountain to guard the tools in the heart. Well, yeah, she's he, he's a, he, he's pretty much the main bad guy of, of Morrowind, which, you know, most of us have played. The game's like 15 years old, so if you haven't played it, well, sorry. This is a spoiler warning section. Well, during their struggle with Dagather, Amalexia eventually just loses her mind along with her power, okay? Um, and this is all during the... 200 or 427th year of the third era around the times during the time of the Nerevarine prophecies. Uh, she actually kills Sothasil and then is, and then died in a failed attempt to kill the Nerevarine. So therein lies two members of the tribunal dead by the end of Morrowind. Uh, 
fun little tip. You can kill Sothacil, or not Sothacil, but you can kill Vivek, but, I mean, the canon ending is that Vivek is alive and then disappears sometime in the fourth end era. So, that's a, a little bit of, I guess, the history of the Tribunal, and hopefully, you know, you guys thought it was interesting. Obviously, some interesting books you can find in-game. Um... 2920 series is fantastic. The last year of the first empire, our first, not empire, first era is a fantastic series of books to read in game. It gives a lot of insight about the battle of red mountain. And of course the tribunals advance 36 lessons of Vivek. Um, <laughs> I always encourage 36 lessons of Vivek. Always check that out. Uh, but again, that book only appeared in Marwin. You can find it over at the Imperial Library as well. Um, and the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages. You can definitely check that out. Um, but it, it's it's more esoteric. Very kind of crazy. Like you really don't know what's going on in those books. Um, but they're so much fun to read. Um, and it's actually one of the first times that the concept of Chim or Chim, C-H-I-M, is actually spoken aloud like by another player because the idea of this achieving divinity this uh knowing that i guess how does how does vec put it zero summing while still real being able to maintain who you are so realizing that everything is not real or real and that you're not real but you still maintain the ability of being real is how you zero sum and achieve this this divinity. And this is actually one of the things that they said Tiber Septum achieved and how he changed um, Cyrodiil from the jungles it was supposed to be. Obviously, there's some lore and consistencies in ESO about that to the fertile farmland that we see in Oblivion. Uh, the Anticipations is a, is a great overview on the members and the relationship between the Tribunal and the Daedra. Definitely check that one out. It also explains better who the who they uh, were anticipating, I guess, um, since I apparently cannot remember which one it was exactly, which is pretty bad. Um, and the varieties of faith is pretty neat too, especially if you can pick up the one. This one's especially in ESO that you can pick up about the Dunmer. All right, so that was my little 10,000-foot overview. Obviously, there's a lot to go over, and I really would like to go into this in some more detail. So if anyone wants to know more specific-ish questions, maybe we'll talk about Nerevarines. Uh, the Nerevarines are, are, you know, in a later time, because that's always a fun one. Um, yeah, definitely fun. I, I definitely think that would be a fun one. So, again, DungeonCrawlerNetwork.com. Hit the contact us. Send me a lore question or a lore topic that you would like to know about, and uh, I will be more than happy to go over it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I know this is a short episode of Tales of Tamriel this week. Um, again, I apologize. Nate was ready and standing by to do a full episode, but unfortunately our schedules did not mix with me having to uh, prepare for my uh, four-year anniversary, obviously. So, uh that just did not happen. But I didn't want to go another week without doing an episode because I had a lot of fun. And a lot of people that, you know, like I said, I had these lore questions and uh, topics I really wanted to talk about. And it, it kind of makes sense to sit down and just talk about it in this manner. Um, yeah. Send me some more lore questions if this is something that you like. 
All right. Thank you so much for listening, guys. You can check out everything we do, DungeonCrawlerNetwork.com, uh, YouTube.com slash DungeonCrawlerNetwork. If you feel like supporting us, head on over to Patreon. Throw us a buck a month. That's awesome. I mean, even every little bit helps helps us uh, continue to uh, maintain the website, do work there, uh, get new equipment when needed, paying for software costs. I mean, because there is that that comes into this. All this stuff, you know, it's fantastic. But if you can't do that financially, you can always leave us an iTunes review. Those help other people find us, know that we're a real podcast. We talk the Elder Scrolls and that you enjoy it. Uh, Thank you so much. We hope to see you next time. When Akatosh slew Lorcan, he ripped his heart right out. He hurled it across Tamriel, and the heart was heard to shout. Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end. The laughing heart sprayed blood afar out on Sirid fell, and like a dart shot to its mark down in an alien well. Magic effused the Lorcan blood to crystal red and strong, then wild elves cut and polished it down to chimel at a ball. Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end. When elves lost Nern to men, Akatosh gave the stone to Saint Alesh in token of her right to sit the throne. Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end.